Is it ready to go? Yes. Okay. They don't give you a counter. Where did she go? <laughs> well, I was getting a drink of water because the brownies leave you very thirsty. <laughs> Welcome to Booty and Bossy Eat Drink Net. This is episode seven, and we have a very special guest. Well, actually, she's our only listener, so that's a little weird because you know that we always say hi to mom. And now mom is joining us because she is going to share what we lovingly refer to in our family as Janet's damn brownie recipe. But before we do that, I think we need to establish some ground rules for this. Are you nervous, mom? Well, I'm nervous about what you're going to say. Yeah, she didn't know about the ground rules. <laughs> well, you you don't need to be nervous because you're the only one who listens to this. So, and you're here. So, so I just want to make sure that you know that you don't need to be nervous because nobody's listening except you. So that's the first thing. The second thing is for our other listeners that are non-existent, you probably don't know that Mom often offers corrections after we do the podcast. And so one rule is that she can only correct booty. Um, no, that's not the rule. <laughs> yeah, that's the rule. Mom, you can correct booty as much as you want. That's fine. The second rule is no cursing. This is a family show. But you already cursed when you said Janet's damn friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, these rules don't apply to me. They apply to mom. <laughs> oh, okay. Third rule, and this is going to be really hard for you, mom, is you can't brag about your children on the podcast, okay? Because that's usually what she likes to do. I'm wearing Or grandchildren. Oh, yeah. And okay. the other one that you knit. You can say that. You can say that you like the things that I knit you better than the things that <laughs> you, you could say that. Yeah. That would be fine. Moving right along, do you agree to these rules of engagement, Mom? <laughs> There's a reason why she's called bossy. Uh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> I did come up with these rules my own self in the past 30 seconds. Um, as your legal advisor, <laughs> I would say do not agree to these rules of engagement. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'll give it a qualified maybe. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to the recipe, this is a famous recipe. Mom, do you want to explain origin story and how you have made these? The recipe came from my sister-in-law, my husband's sister, oh, way back in the 60s when we all lived in Colorado and we would get together periodically for family potlucks. I've always liked it because it's a very simple recipe. It's easy to do, and it tastes good. And I got to the point where every time somebody had a potluck, I would always bring brownies, and everybody seemed to like them. And someone, I guess, asked, are you, are you going to do your brownies uh, for this potluck? And I said, yeah. Everybody's probably saying, oh, here comes Janet and her damn brownies. <laughs> But, but actually, when I didn't bring them one time, people requested them. They were like, where are the brownies? And they're very easy to make, so that's good. Yeah, take us through how you make them. Okay. Well, first of all, the recipe is unusual because it doesn't call for any baking soda or 
salt or baking powder or any kind of leavening that you usually would use. Here's the recipe. Half a cup of butter, one cup of sugar, a one pound can of Hershey's chocolate syrup, one cup of flour, four eggs, one teaspoon of vanilla, and half a cup of chopped nuts. Uh, that's, of course, if you want to put nuts in. Years ago, when my children were babies, my neighbor had a two-year-old who essentially inhaled a nut, and it wound up in his lungs, and you know, it was a very, it was kind of a life-and-death situation. So I decided I'm never going to give my children nuts. And unfortunately, then the result was that when they got a little older and it wasn't that dangerous, they didn't like nuts because they never had them. And they're like, ew, <laughs> this has nuts in it. The texture is all yeah. wrong. Yeah, so it backfired. But they are all still alive. So there's. <laughs> oh, it actually didn't backfire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have to say, I don't. Yeah, that's all your fault, Mom. I don't like nuts and baked goods. Every time I, I'm like, ooh. Your siblings are the same way. Yep. Uh, yeah. Okay, back to the recipe. Those are the ingredients. And here are the instructions. Beat the butter, which you, of course, want to have softened. Beat the butter, sugar, and the eggs together. Add vanilla, flour, syrup, and nuts. Or not. No. Spread in a greased and it says 11 by 15, but, you know, kind of any oblong pan. Bake at 350 degrees, 30 minutes, and you frost it while hot. That's another thing I like about this recipe, because I hate to wait until it cools. Yes. I want to do it all now. Instant gratification. So the frosting is six tablespoons of butter, six tablespoons of milk. Sometimes I used half and half or maybe half milk and cream. But if you use milk, it probably should be whole milk. It shouldn't be skim milk. One and a half cups of sugar and half a cup of chocolate chips. Now, I usually use Nestle's, but that probably doesn't matter too much. And you bring the butter and the milk and the sugar to a boil. And you boil it long enough until the sugar melts. And that might take a minute or two. You just go by whether the sugar is, seems to be melted. And then you remove from heat and you add the half a cup of chocolate chips, which of course will melt immediately because it's in the hot liquid. And then you beat the H-E double toothpick out of it. <laughs> Good job, Mom. Until it's <laughs> until it's smooth and then you spread it on the brownies well, they're still hot what i have found is that the thickness of the frosting seems to vary and to me ideally you want it thick enough that you can spread it rather than pouring it but there have been times when it came out on the thin side and once i poured it on it actually thickened up on the hot cake I think you, if you want it to be thicker, you just make sure that you cook it long enough and beat it long enough, and that should take care of it. Once again, the KitchenAid mixer is a good tool yeah. for that. If you have one that works, I'd yeah. the appliance abuser, yeah. That's not really a correction, but it was a little bit critical, Mom. Just <laughs> a little bit but. critical there. Okay, so... A couple of things about this recipe. It does not meet our criteria of one pot, but that's true for most baked goods. Yeah, right. So, right. Well, so, okay. It's frosted. 
If you don't have a KitchenAid mixer that works, you can just use your little hand mixer and dump the chocolate chips into the saucepan and then just mix it up in that. So that, that actually works. Yeah, and I've well. been known to do that. When you're at the cabin, we'll you be, don't have... Yeah, well, I didn't have a KitchenAid for a long time, so right. pretty much I always did it that way initially. And it makes this really nice... I mean, who knew that sugar, butter, milk, and chocolate makes this really nice, silky, kind of fudgy... I will say that it's it's kind of a liquid, but then the minute that you put it on the brownies and you can sort of swirl the spatula... But it'll pretty much instantly solidify, solidify yeah. pretty quickly. And it'll make this nice, thick, fudgy frosting on top. And basically, I think everybody really loves the frosting. I would say that that is the star of the show. And you the, can keep on kind of swirling the knife around to make nice patterns with the, in the frosting. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the artistic part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, in fact, our sister was known to make just the frosting by itself and eat it. She couldn't quite finish the whole thing, so I found it hidden on top of the refrigerator. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought you were saying that she took the frosting off the brownie and then hid the brownie on top. No, oh, no, okay. she just okay. made the frosting oh, okay. by itself, put it in a cereal bowl, and then was eating it with a spoon. <laughs> really good i mean it what, really what is the difference between that and fudge it's not not much but i did measure this always bugged me so for you my my wonderful listeners mm, mom, right there i measured six tablespoons of milk and it's a third of a cup of milk I don't know why. No kidding. The, all, all these years, all these years, I've been measuring out six tablespoons and I didn't have to. No. Oh, good Lord. I know. Saved you some work there. You're welcome. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I do wonder why it, it had been doubled at some point and they, so it was three tablespoons. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah. I did try it this time with, well, I didn't add nuts because as we know, yes. we don't know like nuts, but I did add, because lately I've been making the Ina Garden Outrageous Brownies mm. recipe. One of the things I like about that recipe is that she uses whole chocolate chips and mixes them up. And then you get these nice little chunks of chocolate, which people like. See, people don't like the nuts, but people like the little chunks of chocolate. So I, I thought, I wonder if I could do that with mom's damn brownie recipe. Oh, so I funny. tried it, yeah. but I don't know yet because it's still hot. So. <laughs> well, it makes me think of that saying about there are two kinds of people, people who like tapioca and who don't. The ones who like it say it's full of little surprises and the ones who don't call these lumps. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is true. My variation was to make my own chocolate syrup instead of the Hershey's chocolate syrup, which mom didn't like, but I did. Well, I was intrigued when you told me that you had made your own chocolate syrup, but then I realized, okay, that's going to take more time. Here's a little tip. Okay, here's another tiny downside of this recipe. Most people don't have a one pound can hey. of Hershey's chocolate syrup in their pantry. But like you can still get it in the grocery store. 
Yeah. You can still get it. And it's the can. So here's something you can do. I wanted to make these brownies, but I was lacking the one pound can of Hershey's chocolate syrup. And I was also a little short on eggs too. They're $12 a piece now. So so here's what you do in this situation. I don't think it's $12 a piece. $12 a dozen. A dozen. I was exaggerating. It feels like $12 a piece. $144. And can I say that that was a little bit of a correction? Correction there. Trying to help. Not, not allowed. Anyway, so here's what you do because you want to make something, but then there's that whole other step of you have to go to the store to get the two ingredients. So, what you do is you say to your husband, Hey, do you want me to make brownies? <laughs> <laughs> and when he says, Yeah, that's great because who doesn't love brownies? Then you say, Okay, you need to go to the store and you need to get <laughs> eggs and you need to get a pound. <laughs> and you're probably going to have to go to Stop and Shop for that. So get going. All right. Yeah. So that's, if you don't want to make your own syrup, then you can pull somebody into your baking vortex by promising brownies. But the other virtue of this recipe that I really like is I like recipes where you can turn on the stove and in the amount of time it takes to make the batter, the stove is ready. It's a pretty quick recipe like that. Mm -hmm. And then you can pretty much, I usually make the batter and then put it in the oven and then I'll measure out the butter and the sugar and the milk and have that kind of in the hot saucepan. And then basically when it comes out of the oven, then I make the frosting right then. It's got a nice seamless arc there. Yes. To, to make the chocolate syrup is pretty easy. So you're basically making a simple syrup, which is one and a half cups sugar, one and a half cups water. And then you add a cup of cocoa powder. And for whatever reason, I seem to have more cocoa powder. That's something that I have on hand, but not so much. Is the it the kind that's pre-sweetened? No, it's unsweetened. It's just unsweetened. That, that's the other thing about this recipe. It is a lot of sugar because you've got the sugar from the the syrup, you've got the sugar in the brownies, and then you have the sugar in the frosting. Yeah. <laughs> so what's that to the Yeah. But so once you cook the cocoa powder, sugar, water mixture, then you add a dash of salt and a teaspoon of vanilla. Take it off the stove because Bossy says you can't just add the vanilla. Speaking of corrections. <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> do you stir it when you're cooking it yeah and, yeah you and it yeah. and it turns out to this really nice I mean, just for putting on ice cream it's a really nice chocolate syrup so you don't want to use the whole amount in your brownies uh, but can i tell my story about the gourmet chocolate event yes when we lived in philadelphia this one lady who was sort of had aspirations um to be uh, in high society she announced that she was holding a hot love instead mm. of luck. And this was because it was Valentine's Day was coming up. And so she wanted everybody to bring something that they made with chocolate, preferably some kind of gourmet chocolate. And so I brought my damn brownies and she tasted it and she said, 
I'm a chocolate connoisseur, and the chocolate in these brownies is is just wonderful. I mean, where did you get it, and what kind of chocolate did you use? <laughs> I thought I can't tell her I used Hershey's chocolate syrup. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I said, "I'm sorry, it's a family recipe, and it's a secret." <laughs> Now we're telling everybody you've been yes. outed. Yeah. Yes. Well, I thought that was funny that she thought it was some really amazing rare. Well, and I do think the syrup is the kind of secret ingredient in the brownies mm -hmm. because it does yeah. make them moist. Yes. It's not, yes. It's not getting, you'll find that the batter is pretty thin. It, at least mine was less thick than even the cake batter. The frosting pretty much just will come right off of the top of the brownie in a chunk. You can want to go straight for the frosting. Right, you just want to go straight for the frosting. If you just want to eat the frosting, <laughs> right? Because you're you're watching your calories and you don't have <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a full brownie. Sure. You have to make the tough decision of just eating the frosting, which yeah, yeah happens all the time. Moderation. But, Booty, do you want to tell about the other incident growing up? <laughs> Bossy does not come out very well in this story, but neither do I, I guess. <laughs> so Bossy, in a very kind act of generosity, made a pan of brownies for our parents' wedding anniversary. And they were sitting on the sideboard. And I think that I was about maybe five or six. And I would walk by them and look at the deliciousness and then walk away and then walk by them again, walk away, <laughs> walk by again. And I couldn't resist. <laughs> and I just, I just took a little bit of frosting off one side on the edge so it wouldn't be seen. And that, <laughs> that first wonderful taste. <laughs> and then I pretty much kept going and did the entire perimeter of the brownies. <laughs> Just the frosting. Yeah. Because <laughs> you were watching your age. I was right. <laughs> I was very moderate. <laughs> so she, my boss discovered the, the brownies had been assaulted. Yes. <laughs> and so she wasn't sure whether it was me or our sister who did it. And so she made us sit there. She had this three-hour-long inquisition. <laughs> where she would say, okay, I'm going to close my eyes. And whichever one of you did it, come up to me. <laughs> and neither one of us. Then she said, okay, I'm going to give you a piece of paper. And if you did it, write your name on the piece of paper. <laughs> Neither one of us. I'm surprised that, like, you didn't write each other's names down. That would. <laughs> That's true. That's we, what they yeah, would be we, likely to so, do. Oh, and obviously, our sister didn't do anything, but at some point, she felt so guilty that she confessed. <laughs> She was just so tired of the Inquisition. <laughs> just to be clear for all of our listeners. That would be mom. She took her little grubby finger <laughs> and traced the it all around yeah. the edge. 
and yeah. she yeah. thought it didn't show. Yeah. <laughs> I that I have to say, I'm not sure what my thinking was. <laughs> but I actually got away with it, so that was totally yeah. Yeah. I don't think you got in trouble. It does remind me of other famous incidents. Like I don't know if you guys remember, but when I was in fifth grade, this was in St. Louis. And we were studying the cells of the body. And I had made these little replicas out of flour and salt of, you know, the nerve cell, the red blood cell, everything. And I had made them, mom and dad were out and I had made them and I had left them in the kitchen. And when I came down, half of them were missing. <laughs> I, I don't remember so hearing great. about this. Because dad had come home and eaten them. He'd eaten my science project. Yeah. And I, I was like, what what happened to the nerve cells and the muscle cells? Because I was having them dry out and then I was going to paint them or something like that. And then dad came down and he said, those are really terrible cookies. <laughs> they were just basically flour and salt and water. It's just funny because... He did that several times. Yeah, with other things. Yeah. The kids were making some kind of recipe that called for whole clothes, and they had a pile of clothes on the kitchen table. And he came in and grabbed a handful and popped them in his mouth, and he said, these chocolate chips are terrible. I, you know, I, what, I, what I remember, I'm not sure he actually said this, but something like, Liz, what did you do to these chocolate chips? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those are not chocolate chips. <laughs> I do have more sympathy for that now, though, because I don't think he was wearing his glasses. Yeah, right. Yeah. I have now discovered that there's a whole world of mishap that can happen because not you're not wearing your glasses, especially at the grocery store. I've come home with all sorts of things that I'm like, oh, my God, the low salt version of this? Yeah. I didn't think you could buy that, I, you know. And I lactose-free skim milk, not just one carton. I got it at Costco, so it was four oh no. oh no. gallons of <laughs> lactose-free skim milk that we all had to suffer through. Yeah. While we're on the subject of food mishaps and misidentifications. Right. Camouflage and subterfuge. <laughs> and the Inquisition. And yes. The, yeah. Ooh, we have high crime brown. and high crimes and misdemeanors yes. in the brownie department. Yes. Yeah. Our sister and mom and I were out on a walk in Hawaii when our parents used to live there. And there was a stray dog that we found wandering around the street. And it was a really sweet, sweet dog pretty young looked like it had just been pregnant and our sister was saying oh these teenage pregnancies <laughs> <laughs> so we were going around house to house asking if this was anybody's dog and this one woman said no that's not my dog but take some lemons for my lemon tree <laughs> so we said oh okay great so we took the dog to the spca and then we came home with the lemons and they were in a bowl there were these giant lemons and they were in a bowl on the counter in the kitchen. And dad came home and peeled the lemon. We peeled it? And he said, these oranges are terrible. It was kind of the, the cloves again. Yeah. Well, and we should add just to sort of underscore that dad was a botanist. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like he should have known the difference between, between the lemon. 
a lemon and an orange. Right. In fact, he was a taxonomist. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, also a clove and a chocolate chip. I and a clove and a chocolate chip, you know, these are like completely and a nerve different. A nerve cookie. Yes. <laughs> these are completely different genuses of things that a taxonomist should be able to differentiate that he just somehow but I think to be charitable we should say that it it was because he wasn't wearing his glasses. Yes. What I think is really funny with the nerve cells is that he didn't eat just one. So he was hoping they'd get better, you know. <laughs> yeah. And now, I think we should talk about subterfuge, though. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, there's a couple instances I can think of. We kept a, a box of after eight minutes in the cupboard when we for after dinner when we had guests. They were called after eight minutes. And so we were going to have guests, and I looked in the cupboard, and I thought, okay, we're good. We have a full box of hasn't even been opened yet. So when that time came, I went to take it out, and it didn't seem to weigh the same as it would. Not and then funny. I discovered that the wrapper had been carefully put back together, maybe with glue or something, <laughs> to make it look like it hadn't been opened. And when I opened it, every single blasted <laughs> one of those after eight minutes was gone. The only thing left was the little envelopes that they came in. <laughs> And my children, which I think it was mainly bossy, yes, had mm -hmm. eaten all of them and then covered up the scene of the crime. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was this all. Is, of them. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it was me single-handedly, but the genius of leaving <laughs> <laughs> the envelope yeah. and then the, the envelope, the cellophane. Yeah, that was definitely. And then I have to say, she wasn't the only one because, that did subterfuge because I found a, a shoebox that was gift wrapped one time. And I asked my son, what, what is this? What's in this? And he said, oh, that's my bottle of Pepsi. I do that. I did it from my sister <laughs> so they won't steal it from me. Terrible. Yeah. Well, and I do remember, too, that we would go to the movies and mom would buy a box of Junior Mints. Oh, yes. And that was sort of her favorite movie candy. Mm -hmm. And because she wasn't a greedy little piggy like all of her children, <laughs> she would not devour the entire box. She would eat some save. and then she would save them, mm -hmm. put them in her purse you would even have them kind of by your bed we found her junior mints and we ate all of them <laughs> and then we thought the children were starving <laughs> chocolate yeah do you notice how all of these things sort of revolve around chocolate well not the pepsi sugar. but sugar all sugar yeah, yeah sugar sugar and chocolate um but anyway and then we thought we probably should put something in the box to take the place of the junior mints so we put in little rocks <laughs> i don't know where we found those little pebbles but we, they seemed like the right like you would shake it yeah then you could shake them we were going for it yeah which when i think about it now like if you had been like dad where you just came down and popped things in your mouth you probably would have broken all your teeth but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she shook the box and was like, wait a second. Yeah. They're not supposed to sound like rocks. <laughs>
<laughs> but anyway, so those are some family stories that focus on sugar, which we thought would be appropriate to share since it is coming up on Valentine's Day, which is the holiday that's about chocolate. Brownies are a great little thing to make for your family or loved ones, anybody who loves chocolate, which is pretty much everybody. So try the old family recipe. You can make your own syrup or you can send somebody else out to the store to get it for you. Either is good. Well, Booty, what, what, what are you knitting? Do you well, want to catch us up? Yes. So I have a couple of updates. My Musselberg hat, uh, I would say maybe I'm a quarter of the way. I don't know. Mm. Maybe not even. What did you call It's called the Musselberg. I don't know where the name comes from. Mm. And this is it's a self-striping sock yarn that Bossy gave me. Mm. And you just pretty. knit it mm. in round a big long tube and then put one end in the other. So you can, have, you can wear it four different ways. Mm. Cuff, no cuff, inside out. So that's coming along. I'm just doing that when I'm waiting for the doctor or that kind of thing. So I'm not working on it continuously. But my sweater, my Bretzel sweater by Marie Green, is coming along very well. I have just did a try-on, and it does have a little extra room, but it's not huge. So I think it's mm. I'm just past the sleeve divide. There's two things I wanted to mention about it. One is that it's a cable knit and I'm doing the cables without a cable needle. The nice thing about this pattern is you're really only cabling two stitches at a time, which you can do very easily without a cable needle. And I'll put in a tutorial for that. It's easy to do cables without a cable needle when it's just a few stitches, when it's over eight stitches or more then that's when I break out the cable needle and that really slows you down but yeah because explain about that because I, I haven't actually done that much cable I think I did some squares for that blanket once so there are a variety of different ways of doing it without a cable needle and Marie Green has her own method and I like her method for doing the cables one way but not for doing it the other way so i use method that i think i probably got it from stitch and bitch the book it's one of those things as you as you learn to knit the more you do it the more you're gonna find little tricks that make it go more smoothly and the other thing i was gonna say about the the sweater is that I modified the bottom part because when you get into the larger sizes, the cables don't line up and that's intentional in the design, but I really wanted mine to line up. And I could understand why she wrote it that way because it's hard. You're moving stitches around so that to get it to line up and it's hard to do the math. And I think if you know what you're doing, it's not that hard. I also didn't modify it that much i know other people modified it more than i did they they put in extra cables they did all but and i just made one cable part continue and then i just put in a twisted rib in between so that's not so hard to figure out 
I can see why, because it sounds kind of like you have to fuss with it mm -hmm. to sort of customize it to your size. So I can see why that she probably wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah, it would be a lot of uh, finagling for all the sizes to get it to line up and without changing how many stitches you can do on everything. So, yeah. So that's my update. How is the bunny? The. Yes, the the scarf that has become a poncho, the arpeggio. I did figure out how many stitches I needed to cast on. It was 266. Okay, this is if we had a little sound of triumph. <laughs> I actually, I did a swatch. So Booty would be very proud of me because usually I just proceed, throw caution to the wind and proceed. But I did a swatch because I needed to figure out how many stitches to cast on. And I was amazed that I was actually, my swatch was the size that it was supposed to be with the needles. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's like the miracle of the Addy German needles or something, but I did do that. So I have cast on, I did the math. I did what you told me about adding in the I-cord for either end. So I've added three stitches on either end and cast them on. I decided to, I love that color. Remember, it's the three colors, graphite, hope. I said hope last time. Ah, hope. <laughs> hope. I thought you said hope. <laughs> that would be the kind of thing that you would, correct me on mom but since Here's you're not allowed yeah you can't <laughs> um and persimmon which is this kind of really nice ready corally color and i thought oh i think that would be nice if i cast on with the persimmon and got a nice little red edge there so i i do realize i i debated about it because i was like this is going to be more ends to weave in and you know i hate that yep but i did it and so i started i mean i'm just at the very beginning but i did do the gauge and it was correct so probably because i'm actually using the yarn that the original pattern called for it's but a, um it does make a difference sometimes yeah but it's really nice yarn. I'm really enjoying it. It's the Webb's, America's Yarn Store. Their own brand of Westfield, I think it's called. The, and I should say that all of their yarns are named for towns in Western Mass. Mm -hmm. So there's Northampton, there's Westfield, there's Amherst, there's, you know, all of those towns have, I think there's even an Ashfield, which was the town where we used to live, Cumberland. Anyway, so it, it's kind of cool. I like that. I don't know if anybody else knows or cares about that. And I don't think there's any correlation to anything in particular about the yarn that makes it Ashfield or Amherst or Cumberland or whatever. But anyway, I like it, and I think it's cool. So I am enjoying the the yarn. How do you like the Addy needles? I did notice that it was easier to cast on because it's got those little grooves, and so I felt like there was a way that the cast-on stitches were going into those little grooves, and it was spacing it out 
more evenly. I don't know if that was just my weird little thing. And I usually cast on using the long tail method. I, I debated about that because oftentimes I've been known to not have enough yarn and run out. And I hate when that happens. But I stink at the cable cast on method. I'm just, I can never get it to look as even and nice. So I just sucked it up. And now I have a really long tail. I could totally see me casting on 230 stitches and then running out of yarn and then having <laughs> to cast on all over again, because that's the kind of thing that, that happens to me. Yeah. Is. Yeah. There are tips for doing that and for avoiding that, but they usually involve winding 10 rounds of yarn on your needle um, and then and multiplying that by. So in other words, if you did 10 and then you've got that length, so then you count off 26 of that length and you know that you have enough for your cast on. Oh, well, that is useful to know, Booty. That's a very little mathy booty thing. I know. Yes. But actually kind of takes time. I mean, at yeah. least you're not winding. I mean, you could wind 260 <laughs> around your but needle. then you might as well just cast on. Then yeah. you might as well cast on. So at least this kind of shortens that a little bit. But I never really wanted to. I know. It's hard because you want to just get started. You want to just jump into it. And let's go. Right. You know. Exactly. I usually do the cable cast on. So. <laughs> but I was very proud of myself that I did do the swat. And I was thinking the whole time as I was doing it, Booty would be so proud of me. Oh, <laughs> that's true. I know. It's, I mean, because it delays everything by a day. If you yep. wash it and block it, it's a whole day. Which, which I did. I did wash it and block it, too. And while I was doing that, I was thinking, Booty will be even more proud of me. Yes, for this. exactly. We learned. So I did learn something from our very own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all worth it. Yes. <laughs> and I did, I have mailed off the bunny with his mm. sneakers. I love my crazy little bird with his goofy hat it makes me laugh every time oh yeah that's that's awesome yeah well your your spirit animal is a hedgehog so maybe booty needs to knit you a little hedgehog with a hat i actually have knit mom a hedgehog with a scarf she forgot it i can tell by the look on her face she forgot that yeah she is she does have that look like oh oh okay yeah yeah it's it's not that small it's kind of not that big yeah okay let the listeners know that would be mom that's about six inches big you were saying yeah yeah Yeah. oh yeah sorry was that a correction (laughs) well yeah because i'm allowed to correct other people just not mom yeah mom do you have any but while i'm going to give you one moment do you have any corrections it isn't a correction but i was thinking who would have guessed that the bossy big sister would one day be seeking the approval of the <laughs> little baby sister? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> well, I, I am always happy to seed expertise, and Booty is the expert knitter. Remember, I am, I am the intermediate. 
Mm, yes. That. That's why I haven't finished the brioche hat. <laughs> because it was for experts. Yeah. 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 Clearly but stated. I think we have reached the end of our time. Mom, do you have any final words of wisdom that you would like to share with yourself as our only listener? I'm just so overwhelmed with the excellence of your presentation that I can't think of anything. <laughs> and we have it on record. <laughs> I know. Great. So glad we did it. And I think it's time to say, whatever you do, don't, don't knit like my, my sister. <laughs> Children, first daughters. And please check out the show notes on bootyandbossy.com. And thank you for spending, wasting another hour of your time with yeah. Booty and Bossy. <laughs> Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. It was fun.